today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing in the room today? Everybody good? You guys look great. Thank you guys for being with us online as well. We're so glad you're with us. If there's anybody out in the lobby, thank you as well for being with us. Give it up for all those folks. Everybody, would you real quick? Thank you. Thank you. My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. And I'm so glad. I'm so, so glad that you're here on what is for us as a church our first Sunday in person. Um, man, it's been an amazing day so far, and we're so glad you're here. If you're a guest with us today, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. You could literally be anywhere doing anything. But the fact that you chose to be here with us means so much to us, and we, we couldn't be more grateful. Thank you for being here. I want to just say something to another group of people. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night, we had our first ever uh, revival nights. Uh, we prayed from 6 to 6.45. We had a revival night. Yeah, yeah. Um, every night, hundreds of people in the room, and it was just unreal. I don't know how to tell you. It was just one of the greatest things we've ever done. So those of you who were able to come to that, thank you so much. Those of you who fasted with us, you starved to death, and then you, like, like after the Friday night gathering, we had a food truck here. It was the best food anybody's ever had, right? Come on. It was so, so good. But I want to say a big, big thank you to all of you guys, and, um, and I'm glad you're here for the, the start of this brand new series that we're basing off of this little book right here called The Lord Bless You. I think we still have a few more of these. You can get them online. You can get them at Amazon.com. You can get, I'm not trying to give commercials out. You can go anywhere books are sold. This is Terry Smith, uh, a friend of ours, um, been a, a pastor for 30 years or more up in New Jersey, and this is an amazing book. Uh, it's meant to be a 28-day kind of a journey that we all take together. Um, there's a, there's a, a daily reading for the next 28 days starting today, and we'd love for you to join us on that. Uh, there's a lot in this book that we won't say here, and there's a lot we'll say here that's not in the book, so it's kind of good that we work together on this. You know, it was around 600 AD that the bubonic plague began to spread throughout civilization, this dreaded, dreaded disease affecting so many people. And one of the first symptoms of, uh, of the plague was when people start to sneeze. So uh, you guys know how that is now. Somebody sneezes around you, right? You run for your life. You're like, run, Forrest. Come on, run. Um, so we, we understand. So the, the Pope at the time, Pope Gregory the Great, issued an edict ordering that everyone within, within earshot of a sneeze would utter immediately a prayer asking God to save the sneezer from the plague. And the prayer he said to say was simply, God bless you, right? You're welcome, right? God bless you. Meaning what he meant was the Lord bless you. May the Lord deliver you from sickness. May the Lord restore you to good health. I want you to think about that. Here we are hundreds of years later, hundreds of years later. And to this day, when someone around you could be a total stranger, sneezes, somebody will say, God bless you, or at the very least, they'll say, bless you. And, and there's no pre-discussion about whether they're a believer or they believe in a God who could save. Just the very, the very involuntary act of sneezing makes you a candidate for God's blessing. Come on, somebody. Like, boom, bless that guy right over there. So you should probably sneeze more often, everybody. It's God's blessing on you, right? The Lord bless you. May God deliver you from sickness and restore you to good health. Now, odd as it may seem, that, that idea of God blessing us um, captures, I think, the heart of God for, for, for people, for all of us, in ways that are monumental 
and in ways that are uh, microscopic, like big and small ways. In fact, in the very first interaction that we see God having with Adam and Eve, with the both of them that he had just created, we find it in Genesis 1, which is the very first chapter of the very first book of the Bible, if you're not familiar with this. Here's, here's what we read there in Genesis 1. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, the imago Dei is what we call that. Every person that you know, every person that you like or don't like, they all have the image of God inside of them, right? He created them, male and female, he created them, and then God, what? Come on, say it with me. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. It's impossible for us to overstate how important this idea is right here. From the very first moment, the very first interaction God has with these people is, is he blesses them. The first chapter of the first book of the Bible, right in the first moments of our, of the, of our existence as, a, as, as, a, as people, God blesses them. Sadly, the man and the woman sneezed. Come on, everybody, right? The sickness was sin. If you know the story of the Bible, the plague of sin infects the entire human race. And now humanity will not only know the good that God intended, but they will also know evil. Is that true? Yes or no? Is there good and evil in our world? Yes or no? Yeah. Now, now because of their own choice, they would not only experience the blessings that was all that God had intended for them. Now they would experience what happened after, which was the curse where God curses the ground and he curses the serpent and he does all the same. And, and simply put, and, and it's a little bit of an oversimplification, but let me say it this way anyways, to be cursed meant that they would live outside of God's full and intended blessing, meaning life would be much harder for them than God ever intended. If you read the Bible, the story of the Bible, you'll see that that's what happened. But we must remember that what God wanted in the beginning, from the beginning, was for the people that he created to be blessed and to live meaningful, purpose-filled lives. And blessing and purpose is still what God wants for you and me now. Amen. T today, we're just going to kind of give you um, a little bit of, of, of a theology of the blessing of God. We're not going to unpack all of it. We're going to unpack over it over the next few weeks, but just a, a, a sort of foundational point today. Th there, are, there are three uh, fundamentally important things that God tells us uh, about himself, about, about people, about the world in the first three chapters of Genesis. Number one, he tells us that God, what, what God wants and still want, wanted and still wants is relationship with people. That's what he wants. And, and he wants a world, and we'll show you this here in a minute, he wants a world that looks and functions like the first world, Eden, that first part of the world that he created. The second thing we learn is that in the fall, which is what we call what happened with Adam and Eve, in the fall, we learn how God allowed humanity to decide whether or not they wanted the life God wanted for them. There was a tree in the garden called the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil. There was a tree called the, the tree of life, and they chose to do the wrong thing, and they said no. And the sickness of sin and the curse of sin has plagued the planet and the human race ever since now, again, along with good, there is evil. The third thing is that through, through Jesus, through his son Jesus Christ, God has provided, come on, say this with me, the, the remedy uh, for the plague, for the sin that, that plagued the world, right? 
And, and Jesus came, he said himself, to seek and to save the, the lost, people who did not know him. He said he didn't come for the well, he came for the sick. He, didn't, he said it didn't come for the people who didn't need a doctor. He came for the people who did need a doctor. And, and listen, here's the big idea. God will have in the end what he wanted from the beginning. Please hear that. That's the biggest thing. Everything in history is about this, that Jesus Christ, by coming here and by dying on a cross, is making this become a reality. And everything in history is about this and everything in our lives, whether we understand this giant mega theme of the Bible or not, it's true. Our lives are about this. Scripture then ends. All of the Bible starts and ends with, and ends with those of us who, who have trusted Jesus, who have said, God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I believe in you. I, I confess you as Lord. We will, we will, we're told that we will live with Jesus forever in a renewed heaven and, and, and earth and a heavenly city that is the, the sort of restoration of Eden uh, that was for this planet. So last chapter of the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22. Here's what we read. This is chapter 22, verse uh, three. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the lamb will be in the city and his servants, his servants, humankind will do what they were built to do, which is to worship and, and, and to serve him. Meaning that in the last chapter of scripture, God has what he wanted in the first chapter of scripture. Men and women created in his own image, right? Doing good work, who, who he can bless and who will fulfill their designed purpose. And of course there will be no curse. Why? Because that's what God wanted in the blending, not cur- in the beginning, not curses, only blessing. And you may think, okay, I, I see that. Uh, maybe that's what God wanted in the beginning. Maybe that's what he'll have and what we'll get to experience in the end. But what about, what about now? Great question. And see what God wanted in the beginning and what we will have in the end is, is an indication to us of what God purposes for our lives right here, right now. Uh, yes, we live in a world where there is sin and, and pain and evil, but through Jesus Christ and him alone, we can live in God's blessings here and now. What Adam and Eve messed up, Jesus came to put back together. And although we won't see this fully manifested until the age that is to come, we can experience the reality and the power of this near now. So here's what Paul says in Romans 5. This is verse 17. He says, for if by the trespass of the one man, that's Adam, Death reigned through that one man. Now notice this. How much, say it with me, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision, now pay attention to this word, who who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness, how much more will they reign in life, in life, not in the age to come, but in life, through the one man, Jesus Christ. So what he's saying is Adam and Eve created a, a terrible situation for us. The Bible calls Jesus the second Adam, and he made it right. He's come to make it right. So, so what I want you to know here is blessing and purpose is all throughout the Bible, and, and that, that's what God wants for your life. That's what God wants for mine. And so when we read this word righteousness, what we have to know about that is that it, it means right standing with God. Or, or more importantly, it means that we are at peace.
peace with God. That we have peace with God. We are not, we are not under the wrath of God. We are not, we are not the en- en- enemy of God. If we read Ephesians, we find that we were strangers. We were the enemies of God. But because of Jesus, because of us receiving what was done for us, we are no longer that we have peace with God. Come on, that's good news, everybody. Amen, somebody? Right? So, so uh, we have a harmonious relationship with God. So, so Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 3, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, say this with me, who has blessed us, where? In, in the heavenly realms, right? With every spiritual blessing in Christ. We're going to unpack that in just a second here. But what he's saying is the Lord bless you. Amen, somebody. So, so many of us have been praying and we've fasted and we've had revival nights. And now we're going to come to this book and we're going to get this book in our hands and we're going to start reading this. Maybe you read it with your family before you go to bed or maybe you read it over the breakfast table, short readings. You can read this book quickly, but you want to read it day by day. And we're going to just keep praying and keep trusting and keep watching God move in our homes and, and in our houses and in our neighborhoods and in our, in our communities because that's what God wants to do. Here, here's part of why I've been so excited for this this series. It, some scholars believe that, that, that blessing and harmonious relationship with God is the theme of scripture. It's the theme. That everything in the Bible is ultimately about the kind of relationship God wants to have with people just like me, just like you, and how very much he wants to bless us. In fact, in the Bible, there are over 500 passages that speak of God's blessing. And so that if you and I could cultivate uh, uh, the sense of who God is and, and what God wants to do, and we live then with this expectation that God wants to bless our lives and our homes and our families and our marriages and our businesses and whatever it is, it can impact everything about your life. If you and I can learn not to see life through the negativity that is all around us or the, or, or the news cycles, come on, everybody, but we see ourselves and our lives through the lens of God's favor, come on, God's favor, it can change everything. One example that I could give you of many is found in the book of Deuteronomy. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, it's part of the Pentateuch, the, the, the five books of Moses, right? And Deuteronomy 28, I want you to write it down or, or memorize it, right? Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, everybody, because you're going to be like, what was that passage again? When I lived in Mississippi, the, the, the kid's pastor there would call it Deuteronomy. And I'd be like, you know, it's Deuteronomy, right? And she would go, yeah, yeah, Deuteronomy. That's what I said. I was like, no, no, you said Deuteronomy. Anyway, anyways, um, <laughs> I'm just trying to help you remember Deuteronomy, all right? Fifth book, all right? Chapter uh, 28, 1 through 12. I don't have time to read it all, so I'm going to summarize it. But I want you to read it, right? It's, it, it's got this theme that, that the blessings of God are going to come into your life. They're going to overtake you, in fact. So he says, you will be blessed where you live. This is God's words. You will be blessed where you go. Your children will be blessed. Your family will be blessed. Whether you live in a rural area or an urban area, you're going to be blessed. Your finances are going to be blessed. Your ministry is going to be blessed. Everything you put your hands to, he says, is going to be blessed. People, even your enemies, will see that you're blessed. You're going to be respected, and, and your God is going to be reverenced. You'll be blessed when you come in, he says. You're going to be blessed when you go out. You're going to live under an open heaven 
heaven where God says, hey, when you follow me, I promise you I'm going to come through for you again and again and again and again. Amen. Read that. Please read that. So, so I'm going to give you a working definition. This is from the book. I probably would have maybe written this a little different, but I like it a lot. I like it a lot, but I'll bring you some more definitions of what blessing is. But this is the working definition. Here we go. I'm going to give you four insights from this. Uh, can we get that real quick? There it is. To be blessed is to be in harmonious relationship with God. That's peace, everybody. That's peace with God, which we just read that we have. To be blessed is to be in harmonious relationship with God who wants to do good, say this with me, in us, to us, and through us, all right? So let's just start at the beginning. We're going to break it down. We'll, we'll break it down more as we go. To be blessed is to be in harmonious relationship with God. When you read the first man's story, Adam and Eve, without question, the most fundamentally important part of the blessing God gave to them was the relationship they had with him, right? He was fully present in their lives. He, he, we read that he walked with them. He talked with them. Uh, and, and it was mind-blowing, right? Sin, as we've already heard, messed this up. But Jesus came to restore what sin broke. Amen? I love this passage in Romans. We read chapter, uh, verse 17, but I want to read to you verse 1 of Romans 5. Therefore... And whenever we read the word therefore, we're supposed to ask ourselves, what's it therefore? Meaning I need to go read chapter four, right? We don't have time. Therefore, since we have been justified. So, so a lot of you know this word. Justified means that we've been declared not guilty, but it's bigger than that. The word justification means that we've not only just been declared not guilty, but it's just as if, justification, just as if we never sinned. Never sinned at all. It's like in the eyes of God, because of Jesus, it's as though we never sinned at all. So therefore, since we have been justified through how? Where did we get it from? Through faith. Lord, I, I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you are Lord of my life. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I trust you with everything in my, 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 my life. Save me. Since that's happened, we have what? Peace harmonious relationship with God, how? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained what? Access. Now, I needed you to understand this word because in the Old Testament, because of the fall, there was no direct access to God. There was one person, high priest, who could go one day of the year into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. But because of Jesus, we have, we have been restored with, with, with God himself. And now we have all, everybody, not just a somebody, but everybody has the opportunity have, to have what? access. You have access just like the high priest did in the old days. Come on. You have access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we are made right with him. We get to have peace with him and not only peace, but we get access. Come on. We get access to amazing things that God has given us. The word peace from the Hebrew mind is the word shalom, right? Shalom, and it describes what it means to be at one with God, and we experience a state of complete wholeness. Complete wholeness, full, harmonious, joyful, flourishing. Uh, the way that the, the ancients would say it would, would, would be nothing's missing and nothing's broken. Amen. Think about that. 
In my life, because of, I have peace with God, nothing's missing, nothing's broken. In fact, when David writes the most famous of the Psalms, Psalm 23, he says, say it with me, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or I shall not be in want. Other translation says, I lack not, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Right, that's the idea, whatever I need, not whatever I want, but whatever I need, if the Lord is my shepherd, I will have it. I'm in a state of complete wholeness. Peace in scripture is more than the way we think about it, which is the absence of conflict. We think, well, peace means we're not fighting. No, it's way, way more than that. It's about, it's about everything working for our good. Romans 8, 28, right? That, that in all things, God is working for our good, right? If it's the way that God intended from the beginning, it doesn't mean nothing bad happens. Come on, everybody. It just means that all of it somehow, because I'm at peace with God, will work for my good. I want, I want to read verse two again, this time from the New Century Version, because I just want you to see this little note. Who, through our faith, has brought us into that blessing of God's grace that we now enjoy, and we are, say this with me, we are happy because of the hope we have sharing God's glory. So when you read the word blessed in the scriptures, many other translators will translate that same word blessed to happy. So the Beatitudes Jesus gives in, in, in Matthew 5, 6, 7, that, that, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the, blessed are the, you remember that. Other translations will say happy are those and happy is the, those who mourn and happy are those who weep and, and, and all of that stuff. The, 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 what, I, what, what I love about this is that to be blessed is to live in a condition of true happiness. Not, 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 not circumstantial happiness because I got the thing or I, I won the thing or I, I got the job or I got the whatever. No, no, no. It's the deep contentment that comes from peace with God. Harmonious relationship with God. The kind of happiness that can impact all areas of our life even when and especially when things are not going my way. Right? This isn't the kind of happiness that we experience because good things are happening to us. It's the kind of happiness that creates conditions for good things to happen to us. It's bigger, right? So, so when happiness comes through being in harmonious relationship with God, when we are a state of blessedness, blessings flow into every area of our life. Again, read Deuteronomy 28, and you'll notice it's impacting every single area of, of life. You're blessed, not perfect, not without life struggles or even suffering, but blessed because you have peace with God. Second thing, to be blessed is to be in, harmon in a harmonious relationship with God who wants to do good in. Come on, everybody say in. I didn't really get very specific, sorry. In, All right, there we go. <clears throat> like, what are we supposed to say? I don't know. In us, right? Now, now, here's the thing that you got to know. Sometimes God will do good in us in ways that will not initially feel like he's doing good to us. <clears throat> so we'll pick that up in, in the coming weeks. In fact, I think this is the kind of blessing God is most interested in, the kind that happens inside of us, the deep work he's trying to do in us. God, in his desire to truly bless us and, and his desire to make us capable of handling blessing is first and foremost interested in developing our character 
and transforming us from one kind of person to another, to take us from where we are to where God wants us to be. Specifically, for those of us who follow Jesus, the Bible says we are being transformed into the image of who? Of of Jesus, right? Specifically Jesus. We go from glory to glory, Paul says. We're going from glory to glory. But all along the way, we're being shaped, we're being molded, we're being formed uh, to become more like him, like Jesus, and less like the fallen Adam, and more like the second Adam, Jesus Christ, who was perfect in all of his ways, so that we can become more like Jesus, so that we can live the life we're meant to live and to do the stuff God intends us to do. We know, however, come on, this is where it gets real, real talk, everybody, from the teachings of scripture and from our own experience, if you've lived a little bit, you know that our character is often formed best in the furnace of difficulty, struggle, pain, Yes or no? Nobody wants that. That, that. that God often allows the challenges of living in this fallen world that we live in and our own fallenness, our own fallen nature, he allows that stuff to, to place us in circumstances where our character is being transformed to become more like Jesus. We often become most like Jesus in the furnace of transformation. I don't care what anybody tells you, nobody gets a pass on this one. If you want to become great for Jesus, you don't get a pass for this. And I don't care if you don't even want to become great for Jesus. Come on, everybody, you're watching at home, you don't get a pass for it either. Even if you're in your jammies, come on, you're more comfortable than we are. Nobody gets a pass on this one. Read your Bible and you will see that almost every person, every person that God uses in in, in one way or another goes through the furnace of transformation. They go through seasons out in the wilderness. And I know you've seen somebody, you think, not that person, man, dude, it seems like every day, everything they touch turns to gold and everything they're doing, they became an overnight success. And what you didn't see was the 20 years that they were grinding and there was grit and there was grind and there was grace. But one day they emerge from the wilderness and you're like, whoa, they came out of nowhere. No, no, no. You didn't see them toiling. You didn't see the pain. You didn't see the suffering that went on that formed them into this person who's become a, quote, overnight success. A person of faith, a person who's living in a state of blessing always knows that regardless of what is happening circumstantially, there is a blessing inside of that somewhere, right? So Jesus says, I mean, James says, James, who is the half-brother, the little half-brother of Jesus himself, he writes to his friends who are struggling, who are in pain, who are experiencing hardship. He says, consider it pure joy. What? Right? My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of, of many kinds, meaning they come in all kinds of packages, yes or no, because you, you know intellectually that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, or enduring, or endurance, or steadfastness. Those words tr- translate equally. Let, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and what? Complete. Whole. Wholeness. This is what we've been talking about. Not what? Lacking anything, which is exactly what the psalmist David said happens when you, fu- when you make the Lord your shepherd. You will lack what? Nothing. I shall not want. To be blessed, number three, is to be in harmonious relationship with a God who wants to do good in us. And here's the part you're going to like, to us. 
right? So when you're blessed, a lot of good stuff will happen in you that won't always feel like it's good. But now some stuff will happen to you. And so when the psalmist is writing in Psalm 103, he says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and, and all my inmost being. Verse two, praise, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Psalm 68, 19 says that the Lord is daily, the word he uses is loading us up with benefits. So many benefits that we don't always even recognize them as having come from God. And if you read Psalm 103 and you keep reading what the benefits are, mind-blowing, everybody. So a true follower of Jesus understands they have a benefit package. Come on, everybody, right? If you keep reading the Psalms, he just describes the most mind-blowing things. The, the, The benefits get manifested in our lives in different ways. So you're like, I want the way it's manifesting in his life. Come on, somebody, right? No, that's not how it works. It just gets manifested in our lives in different ways. But scripture repeatedly tells us that God will supply all our needs. Not our our wishes. Come on, everybody. Sometimes he does, right? Not our wants, but he will supply all of our needs. But but, but we're also told that he he will give us more than what we need, right? That if we're faithful with a little... He will give us more than we need. And that's where we have to go, what do I do with my more than enough? Okay, I'm not going to preach about that today. You're welcome. All right. Like, 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 here's the thing. He wants to bring us to a place of abundance or more than enough. But I, I want you to listen up, though, because sometimes that journey to abundance to more than enough is a journey that goes through fire. Look at, look at the psalmist said in Psalm 66. He's talking about God. He says, God, you let people ride over our heads. You're like, do what now? <laughs> yeah. And, and not only that, but we had to go through what? Fire and flood. We had to go f- through fire and water. Like, but, but, but the net result of us trusting you in that season was you brought us to a place of Abundance but not without somebody trampling our heads and not without going through the fire and through the flood. And see, sometimes we just want a painless life, a trouble-filled, uh, trouble-free life, but that's not God what promises us. J- Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you will have what? Trouble, but take heart, exclamation point, because I have overcome the world. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. If, if God only blessed us and made life easy every moment, we'd never be able to handle this, the place of abundance. Because we've all seen people who got rich suddenly, it seems out of nowhere because they won something or they got a big contract. There's even television shows about this. You follow their life for a season and you see that there's ruin and, com- uh, and calamity in their life because they weren't ready. This is why God sometimes lets people ride over our heads and takes us through the fire and through the flood and, and, and all of that to bring us to the place where what he's done in us, he can now bring to us. Yes or no? You just have to know that. That's why we started with God does things in us before God does things to us. Fourth, to be blessed is to be in harmonious relationship with God who wants to do good in us, to us, and through us. You were not, and I were not made to just be a, 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 a reservoir of blessing. It's meant to come down. It's meant to come out. 
We're going to unpack this in the week to come. So Genesis 12, God has been blessing, blessing, blessing. He gets to a guy named Abram, who we know as Abraham. And he says, you're going to be the father of many people groups. And here's what he says, and I'm going to make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. What do you see here? Bless, 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 blessing, so that, so that you can have blessings pass through you. That's the blessing to Abraham. This Remember, Abraham is the father. Hebrews says and Romans says he's the father of all of us who believe. He's the father. So, so come on. Father Abraham had many sons. Come on. Many sons had father Abraham. Only eight believers from Sunday school back in the day. <laughs> I am one of them. So are you. Come on. So let's just. There's 12 believers now. Come on. Some of y'all that are new to, yeah, he's, like, he's going to like a little dance track. There's 12 believers in here that grew up in Sunday school. Some of y'all are like, what in the world just happened to that brother? Y'all didn't grow up in Sunday school. Here's what I know about you, and maybe you can relate to this. Some, sometimes we think, yeah, it's cool stuff, man, but I, I'm not worthy of God's blessing. You know what I've done? Or do you know what's happened to me? You know, I'm damaged. I'm broken. Here's the truth that you need to know. I need you to hear this. Those of you at home, I need you to listen. God will bless you simply because he wants to bless you. Meaning it's not about your goodness or my goodness or my worthiness. Because I, 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 can't, I can't become, I can't do enough to be worthy of his blessing. It's not about... It's about grace. What is grace? Unearned, unmerited favor. So let's just talk a moment, just a moment here, the last few moments, about what causes us to feel that. It's this word shame. One of the great descriptors of Adam and Eve before the sneeze or the fall, Genesis 2, 25, it says that they felt no shame. They didn't even know what that was. They had no idea of that. We've all felt shame. Everybody's felt shame. It, it shrinks us down. Brene Brown, you may have heard of her. She's a shame researcher. She sold millions of books, all kinds of YouTube stuff, where she essentially says that the primary thing that keeps human beings from living wholehearted, flourishing lives is shame. And she says, shame is the intensely painful feeling of experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and of belonging. We simply can't believe that God wants to bless us because of the past, because of what's happened, what we did, what, what's been done, what we're involved with in our present struggles. But God doesn't want to bless me because of me. He wants to bless me because I belong to, to Jesus. Because my sins have been forgiven, everybody. So have yours. Your debt has been paid. Your wrongdoings have been pardoned. Colossians says that my trespasses and sins have been nailed to his cross. I've been declared not guilty, just as if I've never sinned. What the prodigal, when the prodigal son, remember this is Jesus' story, 
When he, when he returns home to his father, even though he's covered in shame, even though he's covered in the debris of a life lived by his own rules, what does the father do with him? He lavishes him with grace and love, grace on top of grace, because that's the kind of God we serve, who receives us as we are, but loves us too much to leave us the way he finds us. Ephesians 1, again, Ephesians 3, 1, 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every See, this is not about us winning the lottery or getting rich, everybody. I know there are some preachers on TV that tell us that that's not what this is about. This is about spiritual blessings. Could that include blessings financially? Of course it could, right? But with every spiritual blessing, but here's the key, in Christ. The whole book of Ephesians is about being in Christ. It says it over and over and over again. When you're in Christ, you have been blessed with what? Every spiritual blessing because you are in Christ. That's why you and I can declare by faith, even if it's not the reality of right now, and I want you to say this with me if you're willing. Come on, those of you at home, say it with me as well. I am blessed where I live. Say it. I am blessed where I go. My children, if you got them, are blessed. If, if you don't have them, the ones that are coming, they're going to be blessed. Come on, say that with me. My family is blessed. Say it. My house is blessed. My finances are blessed. I don't care what they look like right now. We're saying it by faith, right? My ministry is blessed. Say it with me. I don't have a ministry. Come on, that's why we have growth track because you're about to get one right here after this one, right? Everything I put my hands to in the name of Jesus is blessed. Come on. I live under an open heaven where God has permission to bless me. Every spiritual blessing is mine in Christ and because of Christ, I have access to all of it because I have peace with God. I'm over my time. The next service starts 15 minutes earlier than it used to, so I got to quit. Some of you don't believe any of this. You want to believe it, but you don't believe it because you're thinking, yeah, Danny, you just don't know, bro. I want to read to you the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 59. Surely the arm of the Lord is not what? too short to save. What that means is I don't care how far you've wandered. I don't care what your life has been part of now. I don't, I don't care how far you think you feel from God. His arm is long enough and strong enough to reach you where you are. And listen, listen, listen. You're at home. You need to hear this. Nor is his ear too dull to hear your whisper, God, help me. And then in, in Psalm 20, now I know, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. You cannot walk away far enough. You cannot be so far from God that he can't hear you, that he can't rescue you, that he can't redeem you. Jesus Christ came to save sinners, and I am one that he has saved. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, I pray, I pray, God, that on the first Sunday that we've gathered here in this space, that we're gathering online, Lord, that people would receive, God. I think the thing that we have to walk away from this thing is that we have to believe this. 
We have to believe it. If we, we, can't, if we won't believe it, we can't receive it. That God loves us. That Jesus came to save us. That what was accomplished for us on the cross is good news. Good news. Gospel. For the poor. For the broken. For the hurting. For the marginalized. For the, the, the prodigal. For the people who've walked away. It's good news that God wants to bless us. God, in Numbers chapter 6, we read, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. God, these are the prayers of your people. We're going to sing this song here just as we close out over this last moment here. And we're going to receive this. We're going to sing this as a declaration, God, of of Numbers chapter 6, of what you said. We're going to pray it over our families. We're going to pray it over our children. We're going to pray it over our our girlfriends, our boyfriends, our families, our, our cousins, our neighborhoods, our community. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.